G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Reese Plumbing. Designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. It's the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott and Justin Marshall on SCNZ. No, no, there has been a late change to the lineup. Mark Watson in for Daniel McCarty. But yes, we do have Grant Wellington. Uh, I was going to say Grant Wellington. We do have Grant Elliott out of Wellington. Morning to you, Grant. Welcome. What a yeah! You didn't get a little uh, stinger there at the start. It is uh, the Mark Watson and Grant Elliott show today, and Ben Francis, obviously extraordinary producer. Absolutely, and live out of Melbourne as always for the Super Rugby Fan Show. Former All Black, let's be honest, an All Black legend, Justin Marshall. Morning to you, Justin. Yeah, good morning, Mark. How are you, uh, Grant? Hope you're well, and all those listeners out there. Uh, it's very strange to be outside of New Zealand, I must admit, but also very refreshing. OK, let's uh, get right into this, Justin. So last night, the first New Zealand team probably needed to make a bit of a statement. 51, um, what was it, 51-17, I think, in the finish to the chi- uh, t- to the Chiefs over uh, the Waratahs. Um, I-, I would imagine that the Chiefs would still be somewhat disappointed with the defensive lapses at times. Yeah, I think that probably that's the the one thing that the New Zealand teams will be very well aware of, um, that every team is going to be out there trying to maximise their opportunities uh, in the the next few games that they've got against the Australian sides. Uh, The last time round, um, basically it came down really to get into the playoffs to bonus points and then points uh, difference on top of that. So the the tries that you let in, um, they're, they're ultimately what, did cost some of the sides last time. So, yeah, they'll be a bit disappointed in the fact that they did leak that many points. Um, but equally, you know, a very proficient um, energy-packed performance that, you know, they, they, they were quite comprehensively the better side. So, yeah, it's a bit hard to sort of break it down and be negative about it. But um, I guess that's the harsh reality of where it's at at the moment. Hey, uh, Justin, great having you on the, the show again. Um, I'm really learning a lot from your rugby knowledge uh, with mine being limited, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the games, and it's great to see the New Zealand teams over in, in Aussie, and obviously there's going to be five games in three days uh, for the, the Melbourne fans. But um, early on, they, there was a, a red card uh, for the Tars where Sam Kane got dumped, and then um, a yellow card later on. So they were down to 13 at one stage. Um, I mean... When a team is down to 13, surely just spreading it wide is, is the way to go. How does a team approach that? Yeah, thanks, Grant. Yeah, good question, to be perfectly honest, because I think there's been a little bit of debate about the merits of whether or not when a person is committing a foul foul play in terms of a red card, um, how, how much they're being penalised for that now that there is the only 20, 20 minute stand down um, and some are saying that 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 sanction is not enough um, and that teams don't get to capitalize it on on it the most um, as much as they should I should say so yeah it's really interesting I, I think probably the mindset's got to be that when when you're the, the side that has um, been given the red card and is down a man or two men um, it's about really survival, to be perfectly honest. Um, you've just got to try and hang in, hang in the game and make sure that the game doesn't get away from you on the scoreboard because 
if it does do that, regardless of the fact you could be the better side, you know, t- teams who piled the points on in that period um, on you, uh, that's just really hard to sort of get them back. Conversely, I think when you're the side that is playing against a team that is down to 14 or 13 men, I think your attitude has got to be to be completely ruthless in, in your mindset and don't go defensive, but go right full on, on on the attack. Because even if you're not scoring points, you've got to fatigue the opposition. You've got to make those 14 guys work hard so that they hang on for 20 minutes and they might not leak the points that you wanted them to leak, but it massively fatigues them that you put them under that amount of pressure. I go back to that Blues-Crusaders game where the Blues you know, were really positive in the first instance when Scott Barrett got uh, the red card. They went immediately for, they turned down a kickable three, went for the line out, got a, a try off the rolling mall, and it really gave them a buffer on the scoreboard, quite a comfortable one. Um, and then from there on in, though, their mindset went quite negative. They went quite defensive and proceeded to kick the ball and play territory to the Crusaders, not fatiguing them at all. And ultimately, when the Crusaders got given the ball like that, they started to run it back. And then when they got back to full complement, um, you know, they, they, they still had plenty of energy to get their way back into the game, which ultimately they did, and they nearly won it and nearly stole it. So... You know, in a long-winded way, that's, that, that is the mindset. You've, you've got to make sure that you're really positive with the ball in that period to maximise the penalty the opposition have got against them. Justin, we've had pretty strict laws in place now in rugby for almost two years in and around the headshots, the high shots, above the shoulders. Yet every week we've seen players being sent off. It's almost as if the message is not getting through. Do we now need to start looking at this and start stinging players in the pocket? Do they, does there need to be more jeopardy? Do the players need to pay a greater price than just missing some games of rugby? Look, it's obviously a message that they are trying to get through to the players for player welfare. So it's it's of benefit to everybody in the game to make sure that they try and get their tackle height down. They try to minimise the mistakes that are being made so that players are not getting continual um, head problems and head concussions subsequently. So that's the message that World Rugby is trying to put out there for the players. And obviously they are policing it quite heavily now. Um, but yes, you're right, it is still regularly happening. Um Look, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit on the other side of the fence, Mark. To be perfectly honest, I'm very well aware of why we are trying to do this, and I'm very pos- uh, pro extricating it from the game. But I'm, I'm I'm also very mindful that you know rugby, again, and I know it's a cliche, but mate, it's a cliche for a reason. Rugby is a contact sport, and at times, things are going to go wrong, and. When you're at the level that these guys are at, in that split second, it can go wrong without any intent, without any intent whatsoever. You've just slightly got your technique slightly off by a, like a minute little second, or the player who has the ball or doesn't have the ball has done something at that precise moment that's um, made your reaction different to the one that you had in your mind. And... and uh, <laughs> No one go. I'm pretty confident to say, mate, that nobody in this game is going out there to get themselves carded and to go out there and try and take someone's head off. And yeah, but, but you do get a guy like a Scott Barrett who is starting to establish a little bit of a re- reputation as being a little bit of a repeat offender. 
Yeah, look, you are going to get instances where players have got it wrong a couple of times, and, and no doubt about that. But I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the mindset that, you know, Scott Barrett is actually a clean player. And hmm. he, again, he hasn't he hasn't got a mindset where he wants to go out there and get red carded. He hasn't got a mindset where he's intentionally trying to injure somebody, and he's intentionally trying to to, to make contact with somebody's head. Hmm. Um, the, 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 I think no, I, I certainly don't think that hitting them in the pocket or to to do anything more than what they're doing now. Like he'll be hurting like nothing else, being out for four weeks. Uh, like you, you put it this way, when I was playing, and this is my this is my personal opinion. The worst thing that you could do to me, if you stung me in the pocket, that would piss me off a bit, but I would I would accept that. But if you took me off the big stage, if you took me away from what I love doing, at the end of the day, you can pay me to play the game, but I actually love the game. That's why I'm playing. And when you take me away from Amy Stadium and Super Round and Trans-Tasman competition against Australian teams, that would hurt me more than any monetary fine because that's the stage... I want to be on. That's where I want to be showcasing my skills. I want to be playing. So when they sink, when they take you away from the field, I believe that's where they're hurting the player mostly. They certainly would be if it was me. Yeah, Justin, I, I totally agree. I think you know, no player goes out there with the intent to hurt another player. And I guess you don't want to take that intent away from players, that aggressive intent that they want to play the no. game with. And that, that gets you into that, that mindset of the sort of rugby we want to see where players are expressing themselves. And I guess these, these fines of, um, or suspensions where players are, are off the park for a long period of time uh, really does hurt them. But, I mean, the, the Waratahs showed a lot of intent. I, I you know, I, I looked at that Waratahs game and I thought, wow, you know, in the 27th minute you saw that flat ball to, to Holloway and the, the one-hand offload to Skipper who went over the line. Was there plenty to suggest that maybe the Waratahs could actually beat a New Zealand team? Because the Australian team's only won, I might be wrong, but about two out of 25 games uh, last season. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they really struggled. Um, I certainly think there's been an improvement across the board where there's, it's really difficult because you bring the force back into the mix and obviously the Drua her and new outfit, but in terms of the foundation teams, um, the likes of, of the Reds and the Brumbies and the Waratahs, the teams that have been there in Super Rugby right from the get-go, that were, were waning and were, were quite significantly much weaker than the New Zealand sides. Um, I certainly think there's been an improvement, but it was always kind of hard to tell where their tempo was, where their skill set, their physicality was when they were regularly playing each other this week because they were producing... And what I thought in my eyes was better rugby. They were certainly playing a better style of rugby with a, with a better mindset of using the ball and using uh, their skills, which they'd gone away from in Australian rugby. You know, they've always been very good at things like set-piece line-out and, and the, their strike moves off that had always been very good. But they sort of went away from that and, and, and tried to play a different style of game. I thought they've reverted back to that really well. Um, Look, there certainly has been, I think, some improvement, and you're right about the Waratahs. And the Waratahs are the hardest ones to gauge because they have had a real reset. A lot of young players, a lot of those players would never have played New Zealand rugby teams before that started for the Waratahs. Many of them, it would have been their first experience. And I think they probably got a bit of a reality check. The physicality and the tempo would have got them pretty quickly, and, and it didn't help being down to 13 men. So... 
Look, uh, probably at the end of this weekend, um, we might be able to sort of give a, we'll probably get a more clear answer as to where they're at. But look, they did still concede 50 points, you know, um, and you don't want to be doing that week to week because that's just not healthy. Justin, super rugby. I mean, it is ultimately where players establish themselves and end up getting into the All Blacks. There's been a lot of discussion around who will end up making the All Black midfield. Um, and, and we'll touch on the fact that Jack Goodyear is coming back for the Crusaders, but Anton Leonard-Brown out there is talking about does Rico Awani start at centre? I, I want to throw a name into the hat, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Alex Nankerville, um, he doesn't seem to maybe bring the brand or the celebrity that some of a whole lot of other players do, but week in, week out, this guy steps up for the Chiefs. Um, even in games where perhaps the Chiefs have found themselves under pressure, has he earned the right at the moment to be in that discussion? Yeah, I certainly think it is, and it's a really valid point you bring up, Mark. Um, to be perfectly honest, he was very good last night, uh, and he has been all the way through this season. And as you said, his form is consistent. He, he always delivers on a regular basis. The one thing I would say um, is that I certainly know that what the selectors and most rugby uh, squads that um, want to have in, in their mix a player that's, that's balanced in terms of versatility that can play pretty much across the back line. And he can play definitely from 12 out, which is a massive positive to have in your repertoire when teams are looking to be selected, squads are looking to be selected, because a, a person that covers all positions um, comes into, into the mix more than a player that's one-dimensional can only play one position really well. When you can play um, a, a myriad of positions really well, which he can, um, then, then that enters into the equation. And certainly, I thought when he was selected on the wing against the Crusaders down in Christchurch, when the Chiefs won that game down there with a outstanding performance, I thought, oh, this is probably going to be a selection they may regret. Putting Nankerville on the wing with that back three of the Crusaders, the threats they have, is probably one of the best players on the park that day. So... Yeah, for, for, for um, absolutely every reason, I think he's certainly got to be in the conversations because he's the type of player that um, they could be looking at to be able to fulfil um, a wide range of positions. Justin, going on to tonight's games, um, you uh, you predicted the Highlanders last weekend, which I actually I mm-hmm. put into my multi, um, but you weren't the only one, so... Um, Obviously, McCarty sat on the fence again, but the Highlanders have played a very impressive game against um, against the Canes, even though they lost that that red card early on, which which hurt them, I guess. But they they mm. did show signs of coming back. But the Hurricanes against the Reds, how does that game look? Um, that's the 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 later one. That's at nine forty five p.m. Um, NZ time. Yeah, it is. Well, quite interestingly, I, I sat down uh, yesterday. Um, we're over here with Sky TV, and we've combined with with Nine slash Stan Network, so um, it's great because we're catching up with uh, a lot of the rugby talent that are that I used to play against, or in and around, and so did um, some of our uh, other guys like Mills, um, and sort of just having a chat with them. Um, I went and had a beer with uh, Tim Horan, Drew Mitchell, and. That was kind of what I said. I asked them, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, probably the game of, of the weekend, the one that 
people probably would have been scratching their head a little bit about is, is the Reds the Hurricanes. And I tried to say that not too arrogantly, to be perfectly honest, because that's mm-hmm. basically saying you're going to lose every other one. But we think you might have a chance in the Reds game. Um, and, <laughs> you know, that they agreed. Um, Tim Horan, obviously being a former uh, Reds player um, and Queens, Queensland uh, legend, he, he seemed to think that um, the Reds would be good enough to beat the Hurricanes. Um, Whereas Drew, obviously not not entering into it with any bias whatsoever, he 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 said the, and I I agreed with him because it was the one thing I was going to ask before before they answered the question. Um, he said, I would have thought that they would go close if they had James O'Connor, but they don't, mm-hmm. and he's been the catalyst of everything that's been very good about the Reds, and he's out with a knee injury for a month. They both said so. You know, uh, the, the guy that they've got coming and playing, and forgive me, I forget his name at the moment, um, he's a winger playing mm. 10. And my my personal opinion was they, they need their superstars. They need their big-name players mm. every week if they're going to have any chance at beating the New Zealand sides. And I think that that's still going to be a good game. You know, you've got the likes of Vunivalu on the wing and... Uh, Dungunu as well. Um, they've got a very w- well balanced side. Paisami in the midfield, who will who will challenge them. But and and McDermott's a very good halfback. But having a conver- a winger converted to playing ten tonight, pulling the strings, I think that's probably what's going to um, hurt them in the long in the long term. You're listening to the Super Rugby Fan Show. Grant Elliott, Justin Marshall, Mark Watson with you. Seventeen minutes after ten, Dean has phoned the program from Dunedin. Morning to you, Dean. Yeah, you're getting on, guys. Yeah, good, thanks. Hey, uh, just on that Mankable thing, Justin, like you you got your finger on the pulse and hear a lot more than you're obviously going to say on the radio, and we're never going to know, but I've watched the rugby for just a little bit longer than you, to be brutally honest. Not much, though. I know exactly who you are. But um, I don't know. Have we only got so much money? Because... The All Blacks, for me, like when I started watching, the best player got picked. Now, if we're seeing a lot of guys resting on their laurels, playing out of position, like that would do my head in. Like you just mentioned a winger playing at 10. Well, Brad must know he's played 10 before. He must play age group rugby or something for Australian schools or some damn thing at 10. And I hope so, because that would be a cracking game. But we... Look, we lost Ash Dixon. Now, that, that guy that played for the Chiefs that got the first try last last night made me a couple of dollars. I'm pleased about that. Now, he's good, but Ash Dixon, for me, was doing everything right and gets overlooked, and he gets a token Maori captain tour overseas. Like, I, I want to go back to the old days, if it's possible, and if you're playing your guts out and the all-black team's name next week, you get put in there. And then, then the guy that actually gets told, well, actually... You're just resting on your laurels. He'll pull his socks up. And the classic example of that for me, if I'm allowed to say so, was for me, Sonny Bull Williams did nothing as a as a rugby player except train Pacific Island players into work ethic and all the right things. Like he's a great guy, but I don't I didn't see the rugby player that a lot of other people see. But I love what he does as a person. But there's so many examples of this going around that it's starting to disturb me and we've got to pick players in position like we need consistency and you were lucky enough to be in the All Blacks and that and when we've won World Cups every man and his dog could pick our starting 15 and 23 if they needed to now I couldn't name 
name 10. I could probably name Aaron Smith with certainty. Bowden Barrett. Uh, we'll just, I'll just get you to answer that question there, um, Justin. I love the emotion yeah. from Dean. I mean, this is what we need. He's a fan. He's entitled to have his opinion. Clearly frustrated. Yeah, mate. Yeah, and um, it's a good, valid question, Dean, to be perfectly honest. And and I tend to agree with you. Like, I think what we have been very um, much orientated towards uh, in the last few seasons has been trying to fit players onto the field simply because we feel that we need to put them out there because they are... Uh, a, a good rugby player and, and what it does is is it doesn't specifically help the team and I think that the, the drum that I've been banging and I know that there's, there's others in this camp and pretty much what Dean is saying as well is if you play well at centre and you are clearly the best centre in the country then that's where you're picked for the All Blacks and all of a sudden you, you get into the, the, that environment which has happened in the past, and this is an example, which is Jack Goodhue, and they go, oh, well, actually, you play 12 because we want to play... Yeah, well um, said, well said, well said. Hmm. And it's like, um, what, why why have you taken away from a, a guy's incredible amount of talent and where he helps other players in the jersey that he was selected for and then you move him? I, I don't... I don't believe that we should be doing that, you know, like, and Rico's a classic example. If centre is where he wants to play, then centre is where he should be picked. And if he's not good enough to be picked there, then you don't move a guy that's playing outstanding on the wing to put Rico on the wing because then you're manipulating the team around moving players where their strengths are not, and I'm very much an advocate of that, like Dean. Well, Justin, at that point too, you don't end up having your best, in the case of Goodyear, you don't end up having your best second five, and you don't end up having your best centre, and I think that's yeah. that's the two sides of it. Uh, I'll throw it over to you, Grant. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to throw a cricket analogy in and say, you know, a lot of times, I think, um, in the, the period when the Black Caps were struggling, is if you were you were batting at five, sometimes you were thrown into open. And that was, a, mm. I guess, what you're talking about is I always felt, felt that where you played your domestic cricket, if you wanted to become very good at that position, you had to play in that position all the time so that you become, um, you know, an authority in that position. And is it the same in rugby? I mean, we see the likes of Geordie Barrett who gets thrown around quite a bit. Um, the, the specificity of that position to become, you know, excellent at it and world-class, you have to play in it more often than not. Absolutely, mate. And you've you've nailed it perfectly. And you're dead right in what you say. You know, like, if a guy's used to playing in the middle order, playing predominantly against spin or, or, or not facing, you know, the quick bowlers as much, and then all of a sudden he's out there facing 150-kilometer-an-hour thunderbolts when the guy's fresh and the ball's brand new, it's like a different envir- environment for him. And rugby is exactly the same. And the reason that I mention it is because we – when you get to the top level, like the All Blacks, it's, it's where you perform without thinking at your maximum when you're under pressure. So what I mean is if you're in the jersey that you know the rhythm, you know the mindset, you know your role without even having to think about it, when the pressure comes on, you just execute. You know which man to take on defence because you've done it every week. So when they throw a winger coming in outside centre, you know that you shift off and bang, you hit that winger. 
because you do it every week. But when you're usually playing in a different jersey and then you see that picture in front of you, you have you you have to think. Think, is that, is that my man? I think that's my man. Bang, the moment's gone. And that's why, you know, when you've got regular players who play in regular positions and when the pressure comes on in these big test matches and these big moments, they have a reaction that they don't have to think about. And that's the difference. There are no, there's no time to think about it when you're at that level. It is 24 minutes after 10. Uh, Justin, Super Rugby, I guess, in recent years, a lot of people have played around with it. Um, a lot of people just want to go back to the good old days of Super 12 with the South African, Australian and New Zealand sides. In regards to the credibility of this competition going forward, how important is it tonight that the Reds win this game or get very close to winning it equally, the Brumbies get very, very close or beat the Highlanders tomorrow? Well, the, the Hurricanes and the Highlanders will certainly be thinking it's not important at all, but I, I take your point, absolutely. It's really, I think, for them, for them in their mindset, it's to not go out there and try and measure themselves. And I think that's what's been bandied around all week. It's like, uh, especially being over here and seeing all the messages and all the all the media, it's all about the Kiwis are coming, the Kiwis are coming. Um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to testing ourselves against them. That shouldn't be their mindset. Their mindset set, set, set should be, we've got the Hurricanes. That's a must-win game. It's not about testing yourself and seeing where you're at because if you're doing that, that horse has already bolted shut the gate. See you later. That 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 that's can't be the way that you're trying to operate in this tournament. Your mindset should be: we've got to win every game that is put in front of us, and we're not out there to see what they're going to be like and how they're going to be playing and what their tempo is going to be. It's all about what we're going to put on them and the pressure we're going to put them under that they haven't experienced yet because this is these are the things we do well and they won't cope with that because from what we've seen breaking them down, that's how we're going to beat them. And the Brumbies have got themselves in a very, very good position on the ladder, as have the Reds, very strong positions to get semifinals, quarterfinals possibly at home, um, as do the Blues, obviously. But playing them at home on their own patch is, is probably the hardest um, equation for New Zealand times to get teams to get through. So put it this way, for everybody out there who's listening and you guys have a think about it, if the four New Zealand teams got their quarterfinals at home, you would think it's going to be a New Zealand final, without shadow of a doubt. But if a couple of our teams have to go to Canberra or go to Brisbane, might get a different situation. So in my mind, that's the mindset those teams have to have. They don't have to, we don't have to look at this competition as being how the Australian teams are going to go. They've got to grab the competition to give it the punch that it needs by the scruff of the neck and go out there and win the games they should be winning because they're here in Australia at the moment. And they are for the next two weeks. They've got New Zealand teams on tour, away from our environment, in their conditions. They've got to maximise it. Well, Justin, I love the uh, the passion that you bring to your commentary and the passion that you bring to the Saturday session. Some awesome insights. Um, and I'm very jealous that you're in Melbourne um, over this time, it's one of the best cities in the world, I think, for not only sport but the nightlife afterwards. And I'm sure we can have a whole new session on that at some stage. But let's look at our picks. You mentioned the New Zealand team, so we, we haven't even spoken about the Blues um, versus Fiji and Drua. We've got the Hurricanes versus the Reds. And then tomorrow, Highlanders, Brumbies and Crusaders, Rebels that we haven't even touched on. So I'm guessing from my side, 
I'm just going to go all out New Zealand. I'm going Kiwi all the way. Yeah, thanks, Grant. I appreciate your comments. To be perfectly honest, just very briefly, if I'm looking at my hotel window, I'm seeing the Rod Laver Arena. I'm seeing Amy Park. <laughs> I'm seeing the the Margaret. Um, I think it's the Margaret. Okay, court, okay, just court. okay, Justin. We're and very envious, mate. Yes, you won up on us, mate. You're living the dream, big guy. Um, and it's 24 yeah, look, degrees. I'll go with you. I'm the same. Probably the only one that I'm and Dean won't be very pleased with this because I know that he's a Highlanders man. Um, I'm not sure the that the Highlanders will get the job done. Uh, if I was going to throw one into the mix, it would be the Brumbies beating the Highlanders. Well, Justin Marshall, as always, a privilege and a pleasure. We will do it again tomorrow afternoon between 1 and 2.30. We will review those two games tonight and preview those upcoming games. I just want to mention, too, that Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese, it works for you. Justin Marshall, thank you. Grant Elliott will stay with me. We'll take your calls, too, on 0800 150 Anything that you do want to talk regarding Super Rugby, some of the comments, some of the talking points in that last half an hour. If you've got some thoughts, you can also text us here on double eight double three. It is twenty nine minutes after ten. Yeah, just want to emphasise that too. If there are plumbing needs, please go with Reese. Support those um, sponsors, those advertisers that have jumped on board here at SENZ and allowed us to bring you sport pretty much twenty four seven. Grant Elliott, alongside of me, out of the studio in Wellington. But before we come back to you, Grant, we're going to go to our wonderful producer Ben France and get a fan update. Yeah, that's right, Mark. So, of course, as we know, we do the Super Rugby uh, Fan of the Year competition where you registered before the season started and you have to make one pick a week. And if you get that pick right, you survive. And if you get one wrong, you're out. And uh, we go, always go back to the start here where we started off with 1,949, went down to 1,054, then 610, 489, and then 349. And then eventually we saw that number tumble down to 59 after a few big upsets. But the last few weeks, there haven't been much of a drop-off. The last two weeks just gone, we had 55 people and, and only two people dropped off heading into this round. So there are 53 people still in the hunt to win $5,000 thanks to Reese Plumbing. Are you one of those, Grant Elliott? No way. I mean, I would never have picked Moana Pacifica to win that game. I reckon that was the, the drop-off. Um, against the the Hurricanes, which is phenomenal that you know there's still fifty odd people left. Yeah. I'm nowhere near that. Well, I that, mean, that that's where I dropped last off. Last weekend, the chief the chief yeah, spe- even the chief speeding the Crusaders in Wellington was another one uh, in Christchurch. Sorry. Yeah, well, well, even you look at last weekend where uh, we were tossing up the Highlanders versus the Hurricanes, and you know we've got the the experts um, in Justin Marshall saying you know. The Highlanders, we had both of our, our experts um, backing them and unfortunately they got the red card and lost it. So yeah, it's phenomenal that there's still 50 people left. Well, I think that red card was probably a reason why uh, the Saturday session crew did slip down the overall leaderboard in the uh, Super Rugby tipping comp that we do here. Uh, we dropped down to, after, we were a bit like the Warriors. We got off to a bit of a rocky start, had a bit of a resurgence and now a bit back down to reality this week. Drop down to 600. Hey, hey, sorry, you give the Warriors a bit more credit than I give them. <laughs> We're down to 648 now, but even though even though we dropped down, Grant, you're going to really like this. We actually went up one spot in the SCNZ staff tipping comp. 
and tell me that we're ahead of Beaver and Israel Dag. Oh, the, the, we are. They are nowhere near our sights. We're, we're like, we're, we could be like Argentina in the rugby standings. We're kind of just that mid table, and they're down to be like the countries like Spain and Romania who are like struggling. Yeah, I have a saying, mate. They they are confusing ability with ambition. <laughs> Well, I, I support Everton. So, oh, I mean, you Liverpool, know, I'm used hey, to being at the bottom of the table. I'm Liverpool. We play each other, mate. We play each other tomorrow. It's the only thing I follow seriously. Oh, is it tomorrow? Yeah. We've got the How Merseyside good. derby this weekend against Everton. Yeah. Um, anyway, at Goodison. Hey, look, we need to take another break and then we'll go. Sorry, Ben. No, that's right. I just wanted to do one more quick update sure. with our tipping comp. This might not surprise anyone, but no one has actually picked the Jura or the Rebels to win this weekend. All all tips this weekend have gone on the Blues and Crusaders for those respective matches. No, uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what to say because, yeah, why would you? There is not enough historical data there to suggest that those teams are good enough to even remotely touch the Blues and remotely touch the Crusaders. I would have liked to have just one person, just one person just took the leap of faith. <laughs> okay, it is, tw- yeah, as I say though, mate, Las Vegas wasn't built on winners, man. 23 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Mark Watson, Grant Elliott with you. You can phone us here on 0800 Yes, uh, Mark Watson with you alongside of me, uh, former New Zealand cricketer and icon, uh, a hero of this country, Grant Elliott. Uh, Grant, I loved uh, that phone call we got from Dean. I love the passion. And everybody in this country has ownership over rugby and everyone's entitled to have a say. Oh, yeah. And um, Dean followed it up with a with a text message as well. I, I'm guessing it's the same Dean, is it, is yes. it Mark? Yes, yep. Um, and he said, thanks, guys. I love all sports, to be honest. Grant, you and Justin both nailed it. Uh, Conway broke his hand, I believe, because of what we are talking about. So who is the problem for me at All Blacks level? It's simple. Forrester hasn't got it, but at Black Caps level, Stead is fabulous and fronts the media also. I think the Black Caps, Kane is the issue in the All Blacks. I see Kane as an issue myself. I really like now Dalton has progressed and should for me, start at seven with either Ethan or the big red dog at six. I'd go with the dog because if Ali likes him, that's good enough for me. Love the show, guys. Justin, your honesty made my day. Now I'm off to take a pot to slay a salmon or two and listen on the wireless tonight for the commentary as I did last night. Cheers again, lest we forget. Yeah, thank you, Dean. And please keep the text coming, but jump on the phone too. Really do appreciate it. And well said at that last bit, lest we forget. Grant, um, I've got a question for you. Last week, a lot of discussion around Aaron Smith. Uh, after the game, camera shoved in his face, asked his thoughts, and he came out and said, look, and he had a real crack at the referee, didn't feel there was a lot of consistency. And a lot of people said, hey, that's not good enough. He should know better. But he's a competitor. And I, I want to ask you this. If, if you come across as someone very calm, very polite, um, very measured, but if you're in a similar situation where you've been given an absolute howler of a decision out there in the middle in a must-win game or in a situation where you're fighting for your place in the team and you leave after this decision and someone shoves a camera in your face immediately following it and asks for an opinion, do you have the discipline to not react? Or uh, I, I think that that's very difficult and um, you know, especially at that moment in time, it's almost like being dismissed in a cricket match, and then someone comes out up to you in the change room and goes, "Oh, how did you get out?" 
and you're fuming. You know, you're, you're fuming and you're, you're out of that game mindset. Mm. And the game mindset is control the controllables. So whatever happens on the, the pitch, is, is, it is what it is. You just concentrate on the next moment in that game, whatever it is, the next pass, the next kick, the next run. But then as soon as that game finishes, you go into reflection mode. And there'll be things that really do fire you up about the game. Either someone in your team, either you know an opposition, or a, a, you know a, a referee um, decision that maybe cost you the game. And I might be calm, but on the field I wasn't that calm with umpires. I used to get pretty fired up, and I <laughs> used to be even worse if they they didn't come to me and go, "Sorry, I messed up that decision." If they were still adamant that they got the decision right, and we get the the footage of that. So, yeah, it's tough as an athlete because you so um, you know, involved and immersed in the game that um, you do, you get emotional after the game. I think that that's mm-hmm. when you, you really do let your emotions out. Um, and especially with a team that, you know, wants to get a win and has probably been struggling. So um, bad time for uh, media to shove a camera in front of a, a player's face, but also a good time because it's going to make a story, isn't it? Well, and I, I think I'd like to see honesty. There's always going to be yeah, but, um, but, but sport, a gulf between player and umpire. Yeah, but sport needs personality, and I don't think rugby's got any personality now. I think they've shut it down, and you can't just have the 80 minutes in the middle park. You like the English Premier League. You like Everton. I like Liverpool. You look at the English Premier League. You look at the different narratives that are constantly going on surrounding that game. The managers are huge personalities. You can critique what happens in the middle of the park. You can celebrate it. Um, and the players are outspoken, and the players are um, their own people. They're not just clones of each other. And so I didn't think the referees said anything wrong last week, and I'm not condoning bagging the referees, but I, I do con- what I do like is to see players showing their real selves, showing that competitive streak in the heat of the moment, and just showing us that they are human and, like all of us, at times are flawed. I, I want to see passion as well. I think that professionalism has, has killed a lot of character in players. And also, you know, the sports organizations want to protect the players so they don't give the media as much access as, as they possibly should have to, to players and teams. But you look at, you know, Formula One. I always go back to the Formula One, the drive to survive, and they've got all access to Formula One. I watched the Formula Absolutely. One last weekend, and, and it was incredible. Like, it's just grown the brand. So I think it's great that Aaron Smith has got an opinion. The only thing you have to be careful about in a team environment, and this is the other side of the coin, is that you don't want to uh, be a senior player making excuses. It might be seniors. No, but I, you know? but I, th- but I that think... that could filter into the junior players. Yeah, I think if you're making an excuse every week, it becomes white noise. But if one and eight yeah. games, you genuinely come out, people then start to listen, don't they? You're right. If it's every week, then, yeah, people are just going to go, come on, mate. Yeah, and I mean, I mean you... you You'll see a, a player after, you know, scoring a, a double hundred in cricket. And you go, well, that was a great innings, wasn't it? And he's just like, yeah, you know, the team plays well and it's a team game. And you're like, come on, man. Just tell us how much you enjoyed that. Surely that's the greatest moment of your life. So I, I would like to, to bring more of that passion and, and more that authenticity of players and the reason why they're out there. Because every player is different mm. and they see the game in a different way. And I think Justin Marshall brings that when, you know, we speak to him in the Saturday session.
Okay, it is 12 and a half minutes away from 11. Gary's phone through to the programme. Gary, we will come to you straight off the back of this next break. Uh, plenty of opportunities still for talkback between 11 and 1, even though we move away from this officially being called the Super Rugby Fan Show to the Saturday session. We will take your calls as well. 12 minutes away from 11. Yes, indeed. Reese Plumbing in it together and here for the long haul. Reese, it does work for you indeed. Uh, Gary's been waiting patiently. Morning to you, Gary. Welcome. Okay, what I, hey, uh, just before I get to my point, um, good to hear your voice back on the radio, mate. Quite missed it, actually. I remember you from the old radio sport days. It's been quite entertaining hearing you in the last couple of weeks. I appreciate that. Thank you, Gary. Yeah. Did my yeah. mother put you up to that? And, um, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and good on you, Grant, for turning up as well. Normally it's um, Daniel who turns up and you don't, so uh, very, very good there too. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Gary. Hey, um, you notice that I haven't yeah. bagged Daniel for not turning up as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, plenty of time to do that, mate, plenty of time. Hey, um, getting back to the Aaron Smith thing, um, speaking as a Hurricane supporter, when Amua threw that shoulder in last week, and, you know, straight away it's like, well, where's the difference there? You know, he should be, you know, carded straight away. So I can see where the frustration comes from there, and I think Smith should be allowed to say what, you know, what he did. You know, I've got no problem with that at all. You know, it's a professional game, and everyone's accountable these days, and I don't understand why... The players are censured like they are, they, like I say. So long as they don't go completely over the top and say some, something that isn't factual, um, I've, I've got no problem with it at all. So Gary, I guess if you put yourself in the position of the New Zealand Rugby Union and um, you know you look at how they protect the players and I mean to try and get access to an all-black player is really tough. Would you are you saying that you want to give more access, like almost behind the scenes access to a lot of these players, like they do in the NBA, like they do in Formula One? Oh yeah, I think that'd be great, and especially if they're actually allowed to speak their mind. Um, a lot of the time, they come out with it's like they've been well, they are coached, and they've just got phrases that they'll say. They'll say the same things again and again, and it's a it's a little bit boring, you know. You you don't. Mm. You know that they must be thinking something different, but they'll never say it. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the average person that's watching, they want to hear yeah, that. Uh, you know, they, they want to hear the real emotion. Yeah. Hey, hey, Gary, lovely to have you on the programme. And this is going to be an ongoing yeah. discussion over the next two hours between myself and Grant. We've got some really cool interviews to come. But I just have people think a little bit about this um, too. Look, you'll notice that if you pick up a newspaper, man's defeats are on the front pages, man's victories are on the back. Violent crime in America is the lowest it's been since 1961. We have a perception that it's at a really high level. But what's actually happened is the proliferation of reporting of violent crime. What I'm actually saying is mankind actually has a taste for, let's use the word, the negative. Um, They like a little bit of a train wreck. And sport needs to have its personalities. It needs to have its controversies. And what's rugby done in this country? A game that's in decline, they've actually shut that down, Grant. And I'm not sure that sport can exist like that. Yeah, or I think, you know, Gary, to build on on your point and and mark yours, from an athlete's perspective, the reason why you get generic in your answers is because you're scared of getting burnt. You get burnt once and you go, well, that's it. I'm just going to give some PC answers from now on. Um, So, yeah, I think it's it's knowing that you can say what you want to say without getting burnt in the media and without getting burnt by your organisation, I think is important. Gary, lovely to have you in the programme. Don't be a stranger. We are coming up to four minutes away from 11, after 11 o'clock. We change it up. It is the Saturday session. Mark Watson alongside of me, Grant Elliott. Looking forward to having your company then for the next two hours. Don't forget 0800 150 811.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.